is God after? I'm not sure that that was the title, but that will do. What is God? And that, I mean, that's a good question, right? What is God after? I mean, we're not, uh, you know, among those that question that there is a God, right? We're past that. There's a God. What's he after, though? That is the question. And if you look, I was considering, if you look at people in, on the, uh, uh, in the world today, to try and get some idea from observing them what God might be after. With worldly people, you would think that God's thought in creating man is that they should just eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Just uh, here for uh, entertainment, right? We, we were trying to find this place, and, you know, eventually we found it, but we drove past one street called the Avenue of the Stars. <laughs> you know, and I, really, you know, entertainment, then if you would move to Christians and observe their meetings to try and uh, ascertain what is God after. Some groups, you know, I've heard, everybody comes with a a notebook and and a pen. Uh, In other words, observing that group, you would think that God's purpose is for them to know about him, to study him, right? To study God. Other groups, you, you go there, and I was, I was in, uh, you know, I visited a lot of groups, I, I must say. Uh, another uh, group might be people who are just behaving themselves. They, you know, they feel that, you know, they should have, you know, good behavior, even be holy. So you would think, oh, in observing that group, that must be what God is after. And then there are others who are very busy doing a lot of things, serving, serving God. And, you know, looking at them, you would think, oh, God must be after Uh, service from men, right? Well, all of these things, uh, except the first thing I mentioned about eating, drinking, and being merry for tomorrow we die, I mean, all of the other things, they're not bad. But I doubt that people who are involved with that have the kind of joy that we were singing about. Right? As they lay on their bed, in their heart of hearts, as they're studying about God, or as they are trying to imitate God, as they are trying to behave themselves, as they are trying to serve God, in their heart of hearts at night, as they're laying on their bed, they would say, well, what I'm doing is good, but I have some questions. Deep within me, is this what God is really after? We are talking in this question, what is God after, concerning God's purpose. God has a purpose, right? And until you find that purpose... You will never be happy, and God won't be happy either. You know, have you... I mean, you look at the the people uh, walking around your campus, you know, and walking down the street, they're, you know, they're just like this. (laughs) Am I right? And, you know, it's like those uh, games that the, the real young children play, 
where uh, it, it's not a game. It's, it's like uh, you've got this uh, uh, globe, and it's got different shaped openings, and you have to match the openings with uh, the peg. And, um, you know, you've got this little boy, and he's got a, a round uh, peg, and he's trying to get it into the square hole. And he's there. <clears throat> That's the people on the street. Same thing. They are trying to fill themselves with things, knowledge, good behavior, service, or on the lowest level, eating and drinking, entertainment. They are trying to put the round peg into the square hole. So no wonder they walk around. Mm. They're not happy. You know, I have a feeling that many of us here tonight, maybe most, are happy people. I'm here to reinforce your happiness. I want to make you so happy that you tell other people so that they can also become happy. Not just happy, 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 but I would say joyful. Joyful. Because they have found what God is after. You know, uh, you know students, friends, saints, whatever, um, when you buy a device, you know, we all buy different devices, you know, especially electronic devices, you know, whatever device. And a lot of times, you know, people will buy something, and then they'll bring it home, take it out, and then they'll, you know, just, you know, begin to uh, try and get it to work. And very often it doesn't work. And why doesn't it work? Because they didn't read the directions. I mean, I've done that a lot. Oh, this thing, this is no good. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm going on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I'm going to spread the... Except back when that used to happen to me, there was, <laughs> there was no Facebook. But anyway, you know, uh, well, you need to read the directions. And, you know, the same with what God is after. There are some directions. You know, uh, man is like a device, right? He was made by someone according to certain specifications for a certain purpose. That is man. You know, we didn't just, uh, you know, uh, evolve. I mean, to me, it takes more faith to believe that theory than, you know, creation. Ridiculous. You know, once upon a time, there was a fish. <laughs> and the fish was swimming around in the ocean. And then one day, uh, the fish grew legs. <laughs> and came to the shore and came up on the shore, came up out of the water, and eventually, that's your grandfather. <laughs> I mean, that, that takes a lot of faith, or I don't know what the word is, right? No, 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 no. Man was made in a very thoughtful way, according to certain specifications, he was equipped and with a certain purpose in mind. That is what God is after. And the directions <laughs> that I was referring to a moment ago, the directions concerning this device, are not hard to find. It, they begin in the very first chapter of the Bible. Right? How about let's read those verses under uh, Roman numeral 2. 
Let's read these. I know uh, many of you are familiar with this, but let's read them together again. I thought we were going to read the verses, but I guess we we didn't, so we'll do it now. (laughs) It's okay. Let's read all together, okay? Go. You know, I used to think that, uh, or maybe people think that Genesis 1 is like, you know, mythology. But what a profound chapter in the Bible, showing what God is after. I mean, he didn't wait till chapter 2 or chapter 3 or chapter 10. A chapter 1, chapter 1 of Genesis, he indicates what he is after. Let us make man. And this man is quite interesting. He said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them, did you notice that? Let them have dominion. God is after, first of all, a corporate man. A corporate man, kind of like us here tonight. Do you realize we're a corporate man? Oh, it's powerful, right? God is after a corporate man, a them. And this corporate man was made for a particular reason. It says, let us make man in our image. What does image indicate? Image. What you look like, or we could say expression. Man was made to express God. Oh, there's a lot rising up within me that I could say, but I only have 40 minutes. And I do have a problem with the clock. So, this corporate man was made in God's image, that is, to express God. According to his likeness, and that this man should have dominion. In other words, God's expectation, what he is after, is a corporate man that would express him and represent him here on the earth. That is very, very high. Am I right? You know, you look at Skid Row. (laughs) You know, I had a class this morning. I teach at the full-time training in Anaheim. I had a class, and um, uh, in that class, you know, I was talking about Skid Row. You know, every city has their Skid Row, and Los Angeles, I know, has their Skid has its Skid Row. And you know, Skid Row is where you see man uh, damaged and far away from God's purpose for him. And man, I tell you, is, uh, I don't know uh, how much to say, there is something afoot since the beginning of time to damage man. We have a song 
It says Satan's one aim to ruin man. Man who is the center of God's plan. You look at Skid Row. What is that? Satan trying to ruin man. And other, other, so many other things that man even is doing to himself. Damaging this vessel that God would use for His purpose. What a high thing. A corporate man to express God and to represent God. Well, we come to the third point. How does God achieve what He is after? He wants a man, corporate man, Walter and all the rest of us. I know a lot of you. Actually, this meeting is like a reunion. I know as many as I don't know. It's good, right? He wants this corporate man to, uh, shall I say, uh, look like him. I don't know how much to say. I'll, I'll be a little bolder after we cover this next point. He wants this corporate man to uh, express him and to represent him, to be his representative on the earth. It says dominion, dominion, right? Why? Because there's an enemy. God has an enemy. And he wants this corporate man on the positive side to express him. So that when people look at this corporate man, they say, Wow! It's God! It's man, but it's God! It's man, but it's God! Sorry, I get excited. And also, this corporate man exercises God's dominion. Especially, it says, over the creeping things that creep on the earth. That is Satan. Satan is a creep-ing thing. But God, of course, God is high. Satan, you have to realize, is one of God's creatures. And God would not touch directly one of his creatures. He would have dominion through the corporate man. You know, dear friends, you read the newspaper. Actually, I'm not recommending that you read the newspaper, but you probably do anyway. You realize that Satan is running wild around this earth. There needs to be some dominion. There needs to be a corporate man. Not only for people to look at and say, Whoa! Praise God! I see Him in these people. But, on the other hand, a corporate man to subdue, to have dominion over God's enemy. That is what God is after. And He's real patient. I don't know how many thousand years ago, you know, Genesis was written, but God is very patient. And, you know, part of my reason to come here tonight is to uh, get something into you that you want to be uh, 100% part of this corporate man. Amen. That God would be expressed through you. And me. And that he would be represented. That finally there is a man who would have dominion over Satan. Now we come to the third point. How does God get what he's after? Could I ask you to read these verses also? Uh, what I'm sharing is not my from my, you know... Imagination from my whatever. It's based upon the Word of God. Amen. I've got nothing new, quote, quote. 
except in the way it comes out. Right? Let's read Genesis 2, 7 through 9. Go. Jehovah God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And Jehovah God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground Jehovah God caused to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food as well as the tree of life in the middle of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, I used to read this, and I used to say, oh, how nice. You know, how nice. Here we've got a, a garden, you know, a garden with trees, you know, and presumably fruit, pleasant to the sight. Looks good, probably tastes good, right? But there is something here very profound. Before it talks about the garden, it talks about how man was made. Man was made, created in a very particular way. It says he was made of the dust of the ground. You know, when you look in the mirror, you have to realize that if you boiled everything down, it would be dust. Really. You know, we are made of a lot of different, what? What's the word? Substances. If you boil it down, it's just dust. But into this man, who was formed out of the dust of the ground, here is something very, very profound. God breathed into this man's nostrils the breath of life. The breath of life. What is this? It is not God's life, but it is something close to God that only we men have. And it is a human spirit. We have a human spirit. I like to shout this. You know, it's been years since I've been on the UCLA campus. Maybe I should go back there and just go in there and say, we have a spirit! (laughs) And then the white coats would come and I'd run to another place. We have a spirit. (laughs) We have a spirit. In Hebrew, that word is neshama. It's translated breath in Genesis chapter 1. The same word is used in Proverbs. I think it's chapter 20. And there it's translated spirit of man. Oh, God breathed in to this created man's nostrils the breath of life, the spirit. I don't believe monkeys have a spirit. They might be able to communicate with one another, but they don't have a spirit. Only man has a spirit. And let me tell you something. Each one of you has a spirit. And I could tell because you're all exercising your spirit tonight. And I hope you don't just do it when we meet. I hope you do it all the time. I mean, look at me. I'm old, but I'm crazy. (laughs) We need to exercise this spirit. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Man was made with a spirit. What does the spirit do? What does the spirit do? Oh, the spirit links Man with God. It is uh, what uh, uh, one Bible teacher called a linking organ. Linking man with God. Oh, the Spirit. Oh, I'm so happy. You know, for years I, I lived and I didn't know I had a Spirit. I didn't know. And eventually, one day, I found out I've got a Spirit. Amen. Right? You know when I found out about that? 
that I have a spirit 44 years ago. I'm still excited. <laughs> I've got a spirit. Amen. I'm linked with God. Amen. I have an organ by which I can contact God. Amen. I can receive God. Amen. I can contain God. Amen. Just like I'm eating food. And man, it says, became a living soul. You know, our soul is our mind, our emotion, our will. That is how we express ourselves. We express ourselves through our thinking, through our emotion, and through our will. Do you see what God has in mind in creating man? I'm going to make this man here which will be a corporate man, and this kind of a man should be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. But I'm going to make him in this particular way. I'm going to make him with an organ that one day I will come into. It's reserved for me. And not even Satan can get in there. Only me. This is reserved. Right? There's a sign there. Reserved for God. Hallelujah! Oh, our spirit! Right? So that when God gets into our spirit, then he uses our soul, the faculties, to do what? To express himself. That is how he gets his image. I feel like this is a lecture. But I'm enjoying it. Then after he makes man, I mean, I believe this, I believe the Bible account. That thing about the fish with the legs, forget it. Man was made in this way. Then, having made such a man, what did God do? He got his whip. (laughs) All right, here is a list of do's and don'ts. Mostly don'ts. (laughs) Right? Wrong, wrong. That is not what God did. What did God do? He put this man that he had just created into the garden where there is the tree of life. Oh, how profound. How profound. I mean, this tree, no doubt, has fruit. So God putting this man who has the spirit in front of the tree of life, which is a a symbol of God himself as the supply, the bountiful supply. Oh, the implication there is that God is going to get what he's after by man studying that tree real hard. Admiring it. Pulling out his sketchbook. Drawing it. No. Eat it. We sang about that. Drop your concept, eat that tree. Eat that tree. This is how God, my goodness, this is how God gets what he is after. Does that sound bad? I mean, to eat the tree, you know, does that sound bad? You know, if he said, well, man, what I want you to do is jump across the Grand Canyon (laughs) without a running start. (laughs) I mean, that would have been impossible. That's something, you know, or behave yourself, behave yourself, behave yourself, behave yourself. I'm watching, behave yourself. No, here is something wonderful. Here is something enjoyable. You've got a spirit to receive me. There I am. I'm edible. I'm, a, I'm reachable. Amen. I want you to eat me. Amen. I want you to eat me. Amen. And through that, ah, you are what you eat. 
Ooh. Ooh. Am I right? You are what you eat. If you eat, a, you know, when people came over from the Far East and they said that the people from the West smell like cows. They did. Because people from the West drink a lot of milk, a lot of dairy products. You know, so they came over and they, you smell like a cow. You can imagine that. Hi, my name is Mr. Wong and you smell like a cow. And you say, hi, Mr. Wong, you smell like a soybean. <laughs> Forget that. Let's consider eating for a moment. This is very profound. You know, with eating, of course, there's the first step. You put it in your mouth. And what you eat, uh, like what we had tonight, it's very full of flavor. It is enjoyable. You know, you chew it. You've got your taste buds. Where are your taste buds? In your tongue, right? Tongue, right? See? <laughs> Anyway, you, you taste it, and you don't be like me, you know, you just boom, 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 I mean, you chew it for a while, and it is enjoyable, tasteful, enjoyable. But then eventually, you swallow it, right? This is all implied in eating. This is all implied in this picture in Genesis 2. It doesn't end there. You know, you swallow it. And then when you swallow it, my goodness. You know, eating involves not only the, you know, enjoying it and then swallowing it, but what happens when the food gets down to your stomach? Come on, you're in college. That's right, it's broken down. You begin to digest it. And you begin to assimilate it. And eventually, the, the food that you eat becomes your fiber and tissue. In other words, you are what you eat. What am I trying to say? <laughs> if you eat that Thai food... Eventually, that Thai food became, becomes you. And you, in a sense, become what you eat. What if you eat God? Well, what if you eat God? My goodness. Of course, you don't become God as, you know, an entity to be worshipped, but you certainly get his life. You get his juice. <laughs> you get his life. You get his juice, you get his nature, you get all of those good divine things so that you can express him and you can represent him. Amen. This is God's thought. Amen. Think about it. Amen. This is God's way to carry out his purpose. It is not a chapel in the air or a factory but in it, it's a garden that God put us in with the thought, with the hope, with the expectation that we would eat God. Amen. Well, God, we know what happened. Man fell. In the next chapter, we won't read those verses. Man fell, tricked by Satan. But eventually, God became a man. And let me tell you something. God never dropped His purpose or His plan. Never dropped it. Of course, because of the fall, our human vessel had gotten dirtied. And it needs... We were made to contain, but the container got dirty through the fall. And so God became a man to take care of our problem with sin, with the fall, with Satan, with so many negative things. But 
That is not all. He never dropped his purpose. He just becomes our Redeemer to get us back into a position where he can fulfill his purpose. And that's why we're so happy about being redeemed. It is not an end in itself. It brings us back to the proper position and condition that we can receive God. God will not come into a dirty vessel, so we need to be cleansed. You know, if anybody is here tonight and, you know, you've never received the Lord, you can receive Him and right away He will cleanse your vessel. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And your spirit, which has been kind of deadened, will become alive, beginning a life of eating and enjoying God. Together with all of us crazy people. (laughs) Crazy in quotation marks. Actually, we're blessed. I don't know how I'm doing with the time. I just Probably over, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, bear with me. Oh, how profound. God never dropped this thought. So when the Lord Jesus came, you know what the Lord Jesus said in John chapter 15? He said, I'm the true vine. You know, that's like saying, I'm the tree. You know, the tree of life. You know, the people, as they were listening to the Lord, that is what they would have understood. You know, the Lord said, I'm the true vine. You know, that that vine tree, that tree of life at the beginning of the Bible? I'm it. I'm not only the Lamb of God to wash you, to wash your vessel, but I'm the tree! And and earlier in chapter 6, let's take a moment to read these verses, he said, I'm the bread of life. What a thing to call yourself. I'm bread. I'm bread. Even I'm living bread. Oh, boy, I tell you, when you eat a fish, you know, the fish, you know, you just, you know, the fish goes down there and it's just there like, well, you know, digest me and hurry up. But with the Lord, you eat him, he's the living bread. You know, you eat the Lord, the Lord gets that, <laughs> Oh, I think I need to get into your mind more. I need to get into your emotion more. I need to get into your will. Oh, I'm the living bread. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's why I'm as crazy as I am. I've had a lot of digestion. Right? Let's read these verses in John 6. God never changed. His purpose and His plan hold true today. Let's read John 6. Go. forever. That's right, but I want to, you to tell me, who is the one that has eternal life? Who is eternal life? God himself. So, but if you eat God, you have eternal life. You live forever. Oh, wow. You see, I mean, what a, the Lord Jesus, what a person. You know, he comes, he says, I'm bread. I'm bread. He didn't say, I'm the great teacher. He said, I'm bread. And in some of the stories he told, it was clear that he even considered himself bread crumbs. Bread crumbs that fell to the the ground. He is to be eaten. Oh, God needs a group of people. Oh, I get stirred up. God needs a group of people. I hope all of you will be part of this group. 
that realize what he's after. God wants us not to do this, not to do that. You know, you see, religion, you know, really like people, they lie on, on, on nails. Don't, some religion, you know, people lie on nails. Have you ever seen that? I saw it in a cartoon. <laughs> but anyway, they do that. You know, they like all kinds of, you know, if God could drop down at that moment, you know, and this man is lying, he's trying to, you know, I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to puncture his back, sounds like. But anyway, you know, God would come down and say, excuse me, excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> really? I, you know, do you think th- this is what I want? You think this is what I want? Or the Lord would drop down to the people that are working so hard, working so hard. The Lord would ask, excuse me, do you... Do you do you think this is what I want? Is this what I want? Right? Uh, you know, this kind of a thing. You know, this with all, all religions, you know, I'm not making fun, but, you know, the thought is I'm so bad and I'm way down here and God is way up there and never the twain shall meet. But God's concept is I want to be as intimate with you as bread in your mouth. I don't want to be far away from you as an object of worship. I want to get into you and work myself into you so spontaneously and organically you all express me and represent me. That is what I want, and that is what I, or how I'm going to get what I want. God never changed. So I come to my last point. Anybody been timing me? Oh, good. You know, at the end of the Bible, there's an entity called the New Jerusalem. No clock. (laughs) That's our ultimate destination. Boy, I love that. No clock. Anyway, the last point. All of what we're talking about, God's purpose, God's plan, how he made man, where he put man, and how he became a man as the embodiment. And I should say, before coming to this last point, that you could not take the Lord Jesus into you when he was just a man. He said, I'm the bread of life, but how could you eat that man? Here's Ben. I can't, you know, Ben is here, he says, eat me. And then I say, woo. (laughs) I can't do that. And that is why the Lord Jesus went to the cross. Not only to redeem us on the negative side, but to become, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15.45b, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. As the, the Spirit, He can get into us. Right? He can get into us. Right? Oh, my goodness. Now the Lord can come to our spirit, which says, reserved for God. And the Lord, that's me. I'm in. Seven days later, you say, I, no, 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 I, I, no, I don't want it. No, 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 please leave. You know what? Too late. Aren't you glad? He'll never leave. He will never leave. As a matter of fact, the more you say, get out, the more he settles down. Out, in, out, in, out. In, and eventually, I'm so glad, Lord, you're in.
Hallelujah. Now I come to the Lord is the Spirit. That makes this point. This is all practical, attainable, and maintainable for us today. Let's read Romans 10, 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, and rich to all who call upon Him. Hallelujah! The Lord is rich to all who call upon Him. All of what I have shared tonight is doable. When we exercise our regenerated spirit. Then, you know, we use the word eating. Eating is to take something into you. We need to take God into us again and again and again and again. And we can do this in many practical, as the point says, and maintainable ways. We did it tonight by praying. By praying. You take God in. You know what prayer is? It's not just you're asking, you know, asking, asking, asking. You're contacting God. But you absorb God. Did you ever notice that when you pray? When you, Lord, Lord. Ooh, it's like you're do, 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 but the Lord is do, do, do. <laughs> I'm serious. Hallelujah! When you pray, you can eat God. You are eating God. So pray. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is crazier than me. He said, unceasingly pray. What does that mean? You're always contacting God and you're always absorbing God. You're always taking God in. Don't be afraid. It won't kill you. He said, oh, I just prayed. I just prayed, now I need three days off. (laughs) No, it won't kill you. Try it. It just might make you crazy. (laughs) Err. Right? Then, another way. Sing. Did you enjoy singing? You know, when you sing, on the one hand, you're, yeah, but uh, on the other hand, uh, 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 uh. Uh, uh. We're taking God in. How? We pray with our spirit. We sing with our spirit. And we read the Bible using our spirit. Not just our mind, but our spirit. Oh Lord, oh Lord, in the beginning... Right, John 1, 1, in the beginning. Have you ever tried to read this way? In the, mix the reading with prayer. My goodness, you take God in. Amen. You feel like you've eaten a meal in the beginning. Oh, in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. Oh, the Word. Oh, and the Word was with God. Oh, the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Oh, the Word in the beginning was God. Well, you do that for a few minutes and you feel, boy, I've eaten a, a spiritual meal. Amen. You exercise your spirit. And then the simplest way, which we just read about, is to call, my goodness, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Lord Jesus. It says the Lord is rich. Amen. Rich Amen. to all who call on Him. Amen. Oh, we should call. Well, this is my last point. We've seen, I hope, through our fellowship, God has a purpose. We're not just here by accident. And He has a way to carry out His purpose. And He never changed. And it's very practical. It's very attainable. It is doable. But the Lord is still waiting for a group of people who will do it. Right? You know, here tonight, uh, you can be here in various levels. You can hear what I'm saying. 
You can understand what I'm saying, hopefully. You can appreciate what I'm saying. But still, there's one more level. Get in to what I'm saying. Then we become that corporate man that God wants. He's still waiting. Dear saints, dear friends, let's be that group in Los Angeles. You know, let's be that group at Northridge. How many of you are, are from Northridge? How about you all call, Oh, Lord Jesus. At UCLA. How many of you are from UCLA? Let call on the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. How many of you are from USC? Whoa, a lot. Let's call. Oh, Lord Jesus. How many of you are from somewhere else? Oh, I forgot. Channel Island. How many of you are from Channel Island? You call. I'm serious. And then whoever I missed, you call. Santa Barbara. Oh, Lord Jesus. Saints, you know, my desire tonight, we would be that group of people that eats God so that God can be seen. God's desire is not to express himself in some other kind of external way. His, the desire of his heart is to express himself in and through a corporate man. Amen. He's been very patient. He's still waiting. We want to be that corporate man. Amen? 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 Okay, I'm going to stop. Some of you maybe want to share something. Yeah, so maybe we, uh, before we...